0: Today's episode of True Stories of a Tryhard is brought to you by a moment of silence for the following people, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, and many others that I do not know the names of. Together, we can end police brutality. Black lives matter. And in this world that is so full of hate and fear, be a light. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Triad. I'm Ethan Hewland, and this week I am joined by yet another successful guest. Please welcome Jenny De Lorenzo. is a new uh, mental health blogger, and she has come on to share her story with me. So, Jenny, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Jenny, tell the listeners a little bit uh, about yourself, and um, you know that sort of thing. Why? Uh, what brought you here? Uh,
1: well, um, this year I I started a blog. Um for uh mental health really I started it for myself and then I just you know I figured if other people come along and find it and it helps them that's great but really I did it just for me because it's a way to like kind of get my story out there in the world and get it like out written down on paper and I think that's a great like coping mechanism for me um I was gonna say it's weird like hearing you introduce me as a blogger because like I've never like (laughs) viewed myself as that but um
0: I mean, I have, like, a hard time introducing myself as a podcaster because I haven't been doing it for that long. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to, like, embrace that part of me sometimes. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But I've grown more used to it the longer I've done it. And I've done this for nine months at this point.
1: Oh, wow. So, it a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so it gets yeah. easier the more you do it. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. So, Ginny, what, uh, what inspired you to start? doing that
1: well I've always enjoyed writing in general and um I do keep a journal um just a personal like handwritten journal and I've done that for years and years and honestly like if I'm having a bad day with anxiety that's one of like the first things I do to help get it out on paper but another reason too is because like for myself um I, a lot of times I will look on the internet for like other support and like for people that have the same like anxiety conditions that I do. And, um, I honestly was having trouble finding a lot for, um, emetophobia, which is what I struggle with. And so I thought, well, maybe I should put something out there for other people that struggle with emetophobia too, um and um so it's kind of a combination of both of those things like but like I said um it's mostly just my own way of like coping um is by writing
0: that's wonderful mm-hmm. I actually view this as kind of my own way of coping with the uh, anxiety yeah. and depression that I have yeah. It's like the mission statement essentially of the show is to get the conversation around mental health to be more normal. Mm-hmm. So me talking to someone else who's also going through similar experiences mm-hmm. is just a great way for for me to both gain someone else's perspective as well as, you know, inject my own thoughts into the world and that in and of itself is very much therapeutic.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So Jenny, can you tell Uh, The listeners out there what emetophobia is because it's not really something I think most people are familiar with yeah
1: absolutely and um I just want to put a forewarning because if anyone listening has emetophobia I am probably going to use like some words that could be triggering so I just want to throw that out there because I know it's always nice to have a warning so um but emetophobia is essentially it's it's the irrational fear of throwing up um or Being around people who are throwing up or just like in general just the fear of it and um which I am I was kind of surprised in my research to find out that it's a lot more common than people think because a lot of times people that have this condition don't like to talk about it which myself included in that (laughs) um but yeah so that's a that's basically what it is and it it affects people everyone that has it it affects it different everyone differently like um like some people it's more severe than others and some some people it's more for themselves some it's for other people um a lot of times it could be from a traumatic experience or um a lot of psychologists believe and like I think for myself too it kind of stems in the um area of like a fear of um losing control which I think is definitely like where mine comes from um but there's a lot and there's still like a lot more being discovered about it too, because I think a lot of um, like I said, there's not a ton out there if you try to like research it. So I think it's still kind of a developing thing, just like mo- like all mental and anxiety disorders are they're always learning more about them. So
0: Exactly. So mm-hmm. how does that manifest in your case?
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, for myself, um, where do we begin? <laughs> it, it's weird because it, it varies. Like when I look back on my life, like it affected me a lot as a child, um, which is where I think a lot of this fear stemmed from. Um, mm-hmm. cause then when I was a teenager and I didn't get sick as much as I used to, cause like I haven't been sick since I was 10 years old. So like as an adult and as a teenager, it just never happened. And so like it kind of went away when I was in high school. I didn't really think about it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But now as an adult, like in the last couple of years, it's really come back in like full force. Um, but basically it's for myself, um, how it affects me is that it's it's like a constant, like I, the way I would put it is it's almost like an obsessive thing. Like Like I don't think there's one day that goes by where I don't have a thought what if I get sick? Like, what if it happens today? Um, and it, it's like an everyday thing for me now. Um, most of the time, like on a good day, I can, I can tune it out and shut it off. But a lot of times if it gets triggered, it's really hard to calm those thoughts down and then it will turn into an anxiety attack for me. Um, and a lot of times it's when I'm like out and about, like if I'm out in public, like last year for me it was like we went on a day trip to Chicago and then I had the thought oh my gosh what if I get sick in Chicago because I I don't have my car and I'm with my friends and it'll be awful and embarrassing I'll be in public and I'm stuck and I'm trapped and I can't get out of here and so like that's and and it just is like a reoccurring like obsessive thought like that so it's for me it's always trying to find the balance of like reminding myself, that's not true. You're, it's just an irrational thought. But at the same time, it's very hard when you have those irrational thoughts to reason with, and I think anyone with anxiety can tell you like, yeah, like most of the time you're, it's, it's irrational. And so then you feel like for me, then I feel silly thinking about these things. And then I feel like I can't tell anyone because no one's going to understand. 'Cause they're all just gonna be like, Why you're crazy for thinking this and they're not gonna get it. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean as someone who's been diagnosed with anxiety since they were okay. ten years old,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's been one heck of a journey for me, for sure. Yeah. And and like you, my anxiety stems from my childhood. Specifically, mm-hmm. if I had to pin one thing down Genetics aside, because mm-hmm. both my mom and my dad have anxiety, and my dad has depression.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd say the inciting incident would be my parents' divorce, because that is like what really like got me kind of doubting myself. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of that time that I've blocked from my memory, because I don't want to think about that, because... If I do, like you said, I start, you know, these these irrational thoughts and they just start to go spiraling down yeah. and it's not a good feeling. And once again, like you said, most days on the good days, I can tune it out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but there are definitely days when I can't. Yeah. And I'm definitely most vulnerable when I am around other people.
1: hmm
0: But because I have GAD, it affects me in multiple ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's that's my experience yeah. with um, having to deal with the fact that at any time it, I could just start spiraling.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, like, for me, with when I say it stems from my childhood, like, I um, I just remember having that same panic as a child. And it's funny because at the time, I didn't know, because I was so little, I didn't understand what was happening to me and i didn't know how to express that to my parents and so they didn't know how to help me and so now looking back as an adult and realizing yeah that was anxiety as a kid and i had no idea like i realize i've been i've had it my for as long as i can remember really because I, I just remember there were nights where i wouldn't want to go to sleep because i was so afraid of getting sick and um and i would just cry and my mom didn't know how to help me um because I just didn't understand. And I didn't know how to express that to them either. I think I was afraid to tell them how I really felt. Or I don't know. But I just remember not being able to communicate that. So now it's, as an adult, I'm starting to have a better understanding. And I'm finally being more open about it. And more open about um, my past too. Um, and that's helped a lot, I think. It is still a process. Like I'm still still learning how to do that but um, it is interesting when you look back on your life to see where it all came from.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's why like I really appreciate you um, saying yes to coming on because mm-hmm. I know how hard it can be for, for some people to be as open about their mental struggles as I am, and I would not be where I am today without help from multiple people yeah. and I'm sure you can say the same
1: yeah absolutely um for sure I and really I, I I've always been kind of open about having just anxiety in general but the thing with emetophobia I was I was embarrassed by it I didn't want to admit it to anyone because I didn't because I thought I was crazy for thinking this because I was like no one no one else gets it like I would say like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so afraid of getting sick. But then they people say, well, that's part of life. Everyone gets sick. No one likes it. No one wants to. And I was like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like it controls my everyday thoughts. Like it, this is, it's not normal. <laughs> so, right. um, so finally admitting even to my parents, cause they were like the first people I told, um, that this is a real thing was really difficult for me and they still think they don't like, they understand it more, but they still feel like they don't completely get it. Um, and so that was another reason why I posted because my very first blog post was actually from, I, I posted it in January of this year, but I wrote it last year, like summer of last year. And I wrote it because um, was, I was just having a terrible day with emetophobia so I wrote my whole story that was my first post and um so it's a very very raw and vulnerable post it's like my it's literally like I published a page in my journal um but looking back and reading it through again I was like wow I feel like this could really help people understand so um I'm pretty proud of it and um and that's really, when I posted that, that's really when I opened up, started opening up to, to like, my friends and family.
0: Do I have your permission to link it for yeah. people who want to read it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's out there for whoever wants it, whoever needs it. Go for it. <laughs> that's why I put it on the internet.
0: <laughs> right. But I want as many people to see it as possible.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: So what are some ways that have helped you kind of what helps you have a good day and it helps you be able to tune out Mm. the noise as it were
1: um it's a good question (laughs) because it's hard to um trying to think of like a good day like for me because like it happens a lot to me at work where I get these thoughts and I get fearful um but like a good way for me is I just dive into like my work, like whatever I have to get done that day, which I don't know if that is the healthiest coping mechanism, but that's what I do as I stay busy. <laughs> which probably isn't the healthiest thing in the world. But like but when I'm at work it's like I, I really try to focus on the job I have to get done. Um sometimes I'll I'll pause and I'll I'll take some breaths. Um if I have a chance, I'll, I'll take a break. I'll get up from my desk. I'll go to, like, a, the break room or something and just, like, take five minutes to myself and breathe. Um, and that's really the best way that I cope. But, like, on a really good day, I'll be able to – I might think about it, but then I'm able to tell myself, nope, that's, that's not true. You're healthy. You're fine. And move on. Um, if it's a bad day, like I said, I'll, 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 do breathing exercises. I'll, I'll try to stay busy and distract myself with work. Or if I'm, if it's a day I'm not working, um, I'll talk to someone cause that's hard. Cause when I get panicky, I don't, I don't want to be around people. I want to be by myself. Um, so one of the biggest things that I can do is to either like call my parents or call a friend or talk to my roommates, or um, do something to not isolate myself. That's a really big thing.
0: I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm spiraling, I don't want to be around anybody either. Yeah. I'm. I don't know how much you've experienced this, but I personally feel like almost on a daily basis that I don't want to bother anybody. Mm -hmm. so when those things happen I just kind of shrink away into my little corner and just stay there Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: hope the storm passes as it were
1: yeah I definitely definitely do that and I um and that's I've noticed too for me that's one of the worst things I can possibly do because I am an overthinker and when I don't talk about it I just, it all stays in my head, and I get so in my head that I blow everything out of proportion, but if I take the time and I actually, like, call my mom, like, my mom is my go-to person, like, I can talk to her about anything, and um, she can tell when I'm spiraling, like, even if I don't say anything, she knows, and so um, she'll start making me actually, like, talk about it and be like, well, why do you think that? Like, what... What would happen if this happened? And, like, once I start talking and saying it out loud, I start to realize how silly it all sounds. I mean, it's not silly because it is your feelings, but, like, once you get them out, you start to realize, okay, it's not as bad as I think it is.
0: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, like, is just something that I've addressed before? I don't know if I've addressed it here or not, mm-hmm. but... To me, at least, there's a difference between knowing and believing, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, you know that what you're thinking isn't right,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. but at the same time, you don't necessarily believe it because you don't know anything else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I say, like, I definitely experienced that with my irrational fear because it is irrational. Like, in my head, I know that it's not true, but I've... I've convinced myself that it is. Like, it's It's very um, interesting how the mind works in that way.
0: Yeah, it's um, It's not fun. No, to say it's, the not. Least. it's
1: not. It's <laughs> not.
0: But, you know, at the same time, you have to take into account that I know, well, I can't speak for anybody else, but I have a great support system. Mm-hmm. I have a good, close group, of friends, I have a girlfriend, I have family that I can talk to, and um, I know not everybody has that, Mm -hmm. so that's that's one of the reasons this is here. Yeah. It's both to give people a safe place to come to, and also for those who have not had a voice for me to give them one.
1: Yeah, that's really good, because I would say for me, too, like, I do have a really good support system. I've really supporting parents and, um, really good friends. Um, but yeah, and I know not everyone has that, especially like if, if you have this, because a lot of times it makes you feel like you're struggling alone. Um, but yeah, that's another reason, like I wanted to be vocal about like my, my, my issues on the internet because I want people to know, like they're not alone in this. Like there's people out there who understand,
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, the next thing I'm going to say, I'm going to preface with a trigger warning, because I'm about to tell a story about suicide. Mm -hmm. When I was a junior in high school, it was a very rough time for me. And there was a time toward the beginning of my junior year where I felt like I couldn't count on anybody. And eventually... It got so bad. Like, my anxiety got so bad, I literally felt like I was being eaten alive. Like, there was an elephant sitting on my chest every day. Mm-hmm. And one day, as I was trying to go to sleep, the thought occurred to me what if I wasn't here anymore? And at that moment, I just had to. Like, I had an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. I was like, hold on, Ethan what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. This is not you. So I called one of my friends and I told her how I had been feeling and everything that I'd been going through. And she was like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I know that the people that we are friends with haven't really been kind to you. I will help you. Mm. And Audrey Hartwell, if you're listening, I owe you my life. Mm. So thank you.
1: Mm. Wow. That's amazing. And um, I'm so sorry that you've ever had to feel that way. But I'm I'm really thankful that you had people in your life that you needed at that time. Um that's amazing that you had that, that cuz it really makes a difference.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I cannot stress enough how important it is to have someone
1: mm-hmm.
0: or not just one person, multiple people who yep. you know you can count on.
1: Yep. Yep. And there's groups. I mean like even if you feel like you don't have anyone, I there's Facebook groups you can find there's you know there's so much out there online now that you can there's like on-call therapists that for free like there are options um that you can go to so you're never alone
0: absolutely you
1: just have to take it's it's the hardest thing but you have to take that first step to reach out but there are so many people out there who are, will be more than happy that you reached out
0: and the more you do it the easier it gets
1: absolutely yeah so
0: jenny mm-hmm. as we are approaching wrap-up time do you mm-hmm. have any parting encouraging words for those who are listening
1: hmm. i would just say i mean we, we really we touched on this already but um that you're never alone. No matter what you're dealing with. You you might feel like you're the only person in the world. But you're not. And you're not crazy. You're not being ridiculous. Because I mean. I definitely for a long time. Felt like I was insane. For having this fear. And um, that. It was only me. And that there was. Something wrong with me. But. Um, no matter what you're feeling. You're not alone and your feelings are validated and there are people out there who understand.
0: Absolutely mm-hmm. Jeannie, I know we touched it. we touched on it already, but is there anything you would like to plug?
1: Um, well, I mean, there's my blog. It's um, gosh, I looked it up before we started. I should probably know the name of it <laughs> You're it's, fine. Yeah, it's jenniedi.lorenzo.wordpress.com. It's it's linked in my social medias. So you know, if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, I'm just I'm at jenniedi.lorenzo. Um, it's right there in my bio, so you can read it, take a look at it. Um, you can subscribe to it if you want. I don't post that often. I only post when I am really in it and feeling it, because I want it to be very genuine and and real. I don't want to force it but um, but I am really proud of what I've got on there, and I want to grow it, for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: And thank you once again, listeners, for tuning in this week to True Stories of a Try Hard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. The are zeros and E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at True Stories Pod. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin and Jane Lorenzo signing off.